Thanks for tuning in to this week's message. For more information, you can go to connectionschurch.church or follow us on Facebook and Instagram. What a way to start today, right? Tell you what, I wish we could do this every day together. How many of you would commit to being here tomorrow morning at, uh, say, 10 o'clock to do this again, right? Monday morning, good, good way to start your week. There's about 10 of us, yeah. The rest of you need to repent, quit your jobs, and make that commitment. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. But, wow, so good to see you all. And if you are with us for the first time or haven't been with us in a while, welcome today to Connections Church. And at the bottom of the uh, thing we like to call the handout here that's very nice, colorful design, uh, sharp-looking uh, piece of paper that has great stuff on both sides. One side has a Connect card. So if you haven't already, would you take that, put down that very little bit of information and tear that off, and you can hand it in to our welcome team as, they leave, as you leave today at the big blue wall, which is right behind the wall where the production crew is at the moment. And we would just love to have a record of your being here. And while you have that out, everyone, if you haven't already, Ready, grab your outline and get ready to follow along as we jump into God's Word this morning. And we're uh, finishing up a mini-series. Uh, it's only two-week study that we started last week, of course, uh, on the importance of hearing God when He speaks to us. And last week, just to catch you up very quickly, we looked at the why. Why do we need to hear God? Why, why do we need to hear his voice speaking to us today in 2019? I mean, we've got all these fancy gadgets and all this stuff that, that's at our fingertips that makes life so easy. So why do we even not need God anymore, right? Wrong. <laughs> Don't answer that right. Answer it wrong. We need God just now more than ever before. So we talked about the, the why of that and, and three quick things we looked at last week was, number one, because relationships are built on constant communication. That was God's plan from the beginning. That's why he created us to commune with us, to communicate with us, to walk in relationship with us. Number two, we talked about the fact that a word from God can change our entire lives. I'm telling you something, church. If you came in today or if you're watching us via live stream or catch this later on, this word today can literally change your life, so watch out because good things are going to happen. And then last week, number three, was because there are so many benefits to hearing God speak to us on a regular, consistent basis, mainly as Jesus himself said, I alone have the words of what? of life. So if we want to know what life's all about, if we want to know how this thing is supposed to function, this other than just getting up in a mundane, ordinary routine and going through the motions every day, we want to experience full life. It's only found in the words and the power of Jesus Christ living in us and through us. So that's from last week. If you missed it, go back. You can check the whole thing out uh, on our, 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 our website, connectionschurch.church or our Facebook page. So now that brings us today to the how. How do we hear God when he speaks to us? Because Jesus tells us in John chapter 10, verses 14 and 27, I am the good shepherd. How many of you agree with that? He alone is the good shepherd. Then he goes on and says, and my sheep, what? Know my voice or hear my voice and know my voice. And I know them and they follow me. I love the words out of Proverbs chapter 3, verse 6. I didn't put that in your notes, so write that down. Proverbs 3, 6, which tells us this. Listen for God's voice in everything you do and everywhere you go. He's the one that will keep you on track. How powerful is that? The way that I can stay on track in life, the way that I can move through this life 
in the utmost best possible way that there is, is to hear the voice of God and follow his lead. Churches, disciples of Jesus, he speaks to us on a regular basis. He loves to communicate with us each and every day. But first and foremost there on your outline is simply this. We got to want to hear him. Isn't that profound? He has things to say to us. He's trying to communicate, to convey to us certain things and and, and speak life into us and, and his words and his guidance. But the reality is we have to want to hear him. How many of you have gotten to a place that you've been married so long that you've tuned your wife's voice out? Men, don't raise your hands. I don't, please don't. I don't want a bunch of marriage counseling appointments this week, so whatever you do, just stay quiet. But isn't that kind of the way it works? At times we get so, I don't know, in such a routine with people in our lives that, that we've been around for so long that we kind of tune them out. Have you ever noticed that? You go to the store, you pick up the things you thought she said that she wanted you to get, and you get home and you open the Walmart bag, and there's nothing in there of what she asked you to get. And she looks at you bewildered, and she asks us one question. Do you ever listen to me? Do you ever hear the words that are coming out of my mouth? I mean, come on. And I think that's a reality with us and God at times. We just kind of tune him out so often. We don't hear what he's trying to say. What it really boils down to is we're not hungry to hear the voice of God. You ever been in a place in your life where you were so desperate for a word from God that you desperately needed something to change in your life, in your situation, that you were crying out, God, speak to me. I need you. I want to hear you more than I want a hamburger at lunch. I want to hear you more than I want to meet that special someone in my life. God, I want to hear you and know you more than anything else this world has to offer up. The psalmist prayed this prayer in Psalm 85, verse 8. Simply says, let me hear what God the Lord will speak. What a prayer. As a matter of fact, I would commend that would be a great way to start off every day in our lives. God, let me hear what you have to say to me today. Lord, I don't want to miss a thing that you want to communicate into my life. We want to hear your voice more than anything else, and we don't just want to hear from you, God. We need to hear from you because you alone have the words of life. But please, know why you want to hear him. just want to throw a little caution here because motives are so important. I think over the last 35 to 40 years, this society as, as a Christian society called, called America has drifted to a place and, and it's sad to say that, that God has become nothing more than just this big Santa in the sky that we bring our wish list to and say, here, these are the things I want and need in life here. Hope you take care of those soon. Thanks a lot. Talk to you again when some more stuff comes that I need to put on the list. Or we feel like he's kind of that genie in the bottle when we get in trouble, man. We, we, heat's coming down. We didn't get that, that math test uh, work done or, or whatever the project at work and stuff. So we just kind of rub the lamp and say, God, show up. I need a miracle. And he's like, who are you? I haven't heard from you in four months. Here's something I heard many years ago that has stayed with me and I hope always does. We need to be a people that seek his heart more than we seek his hand. That we want to know God in the fullness of who he is and not about the stuff that he will bless us with or provide us with or bring into our lives as we've seen in the pages of God's word and in the lives of those who have lived for him throughout all the, the history of our, our, our land. 
It's not about getting the stuff. It's about getting to him. It's not about being blessed with things. It's about being in the presence of God on a regular. It's about living in the presence of God. It's about walking with him and talking with him and knowing him as our friend, which the Bible says is entirely possible that we can be a friend with God. That's why we want to be hungry to hear him. Can't be like those friends and family who only show up at Christmas time or their birthday. I know none of you in this room have, have friends and family like that, right? I'm talking to a different bunch in here, but just believe me, there, there are some people that kind of do that. You ever, you ever heard of that? <laughs> you won't hear from them for a whole year. But when it's their birthday, all of a sudden they just come out of the woodwork. Hey, how's it going, Rob? Been a long time, man. How's it, you know? Like, uh, oh, oh, yeah, okay. Your birthday's tomorrow. I got it. That's not how we want to treat God. Write this down. We must prioritize building that relationship. Prioritize building that friendship with God. We got to want to hear him speak to us. And then secondly, we've got to clear up the static and remove the trash. We've got to, to get dialed in. There's an account in the first book of Samuel, chapter 3, where young Samuel wasn't sure who was calling him one evening as he laid down to go to sleep. This is a child that Hannah had prayed for him, and God promised to give to her, and she promised in return she would give him fully back to the Lord. And at a young age, she took him to the temple and handed him over to the priest Eli, who was serving at that time in, in history. And, and he became the apprentice to the priest at a, at a, at a childlike age. And as young Samuel was going to bed one evening, the Lord began to speak to him and literally call out to him, but he wasn't familiar with God's voice, so he thought it was Eli, the priest, calling out to him. And he asked Eli on those occasions, yes, sir, what, what do you want? And each time Eli was confused, the, the priest didn't realize what was going on, and so he said, I, I did not call you. Now, you kind of get the picture here, laying down to go to bed. Anybody have a kid that'll call you? Every time you're laying down to go to bed, you get nuzzled in and, and comfortable under the sheets, and, and you're feeling real good, and all of a sudden, Mom, Dad, I need a drink of water. And as the great, gracious, loving parent you are, you say, you've got hands and feet, go get Okay, no, maybe that's not... So here's the scenario. This, this young boy was, was lying down to go to sleep, and a voice called out to him, and he thought it was Eli the priest. So he answered him and said, yes, what do you want? But, but Eli the priest didn't have a clue of what was going on because he had allowed some trash and static to creep into his life. He had not honored God and kept the sanctity of the priesthood there, and, and he had allowed some things to happen, and God was dealing with him. But, but finally, finally, this old priest realized what was happening, and the Bible tells us that the Lord called to Samuel a third time. And Samuel got up and he went to Eli and he said, here I am, you called me. And then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel this, go and lie down. And if he calls you again, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Would you write that down somewhere on the, the margins of your outline? Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. That should be the response of all of us. So Samuel went and lay down in his place, and the Lord called out. Church, many times we don't hear what God is saying because maybe we're unfamiliar 
with the voice of God. Maybe you're young in the faith, and that's okay. That is great. That's a wonderful place to be, and you've been listening to the voices of those around you and in this carnal world for so long that you've got to learn and acquire an ear for the voice of the Lord, and that takes us practicing the presence of God and spending time with him on a regular, consistent basis. And in some cases, like I mentioned a moment ago, Eli the priest, we have so much trash and static in our ears and in our hearts and in our lives that it's choking out God's voice when it comes to us. We can't even hear him because of all the clutter that's in our lives. We can't hear him because of all the trash that's consuming us. And listen, church, I'm not preaching to you. I'm preaching to all of us in this room. It's easy to get caught up in the things of this world and the stuff of this life just choke out the voice of God. And that's what happened to, to this priest. We compromise the sacred things. Listen to me, guys. We've got to be super careful with the things of God. We've got to take the trash out of our lives and get rid of the static. We have to clear lines of communications. We want to have clean hands and a pure heart as David prayed for. We've got to get to know God's voice for ourselves. Now gather around, kids. I'm going to tell you a little story. Many, many years ago, when I was growing up, when I was a kid, we used to do something that grabbed the side of your seat. I don't want you to fall out. It was called playing outside. <laughs> right, guys? Some of you got, got a little white hair. You, and we played and we played. We jumped on our bikes and we ripped and snorted up and down the roads and in the neighborhood and in the woods and everywhere we could go. We played football when it was football season, out in the road, in somebody's yard, wherever we could find. We played neighborhood chase. We had like a one-mile radius. You can go anywhere in that one mile. Our team is going to be the seekers. You guys are going to be the hiders. And in 20 minutes, we're coming after you. Some of you parents are just shuddering right now. What? <laughs> are you kidding me? We played outside all day long. And I'm telling you, we'd have played out half the night if we could have. But about dark, something would happen all throughout the neighborhood. Parents would begin to emerge from the house, the quiet house, the peaceful place. Why was it peaceful and quiet? Because all the kids were outside playing. And finally, and I think probably begrudgingly, they'd look and say, well, I guess we got to call them in. It's getting dark. So one by one, porch lights would flip on all across the neighborhood. And parents would emerge from that place of peacefulness and joy and serenity. And they would step out begrudgingly and say, Johnny, time to come in and get your bath. Back then, we didn't have showers. We had these tubs of water that they would put holes. I'm just kidding. It wasn't that bad. Come on in. It's time to get ready for bed. And one by one, I would hear voices crying out through the neighborhood for my friends. You know what? It wouldn't do a thing to me until I heard that voice of my dad or my mom calling out for me. They wouldn't even have to say my name. I knew it was them. And I would run home like the good boy I was, never give an ounce of trouble to my parents. Don't say anything, babe. And I would go in and get my studies done, and get ready to get up, milk the cows. And I'm just kidding. It wasn't that bad. But I knew my parents' voices. 
Why is that, you may ask? Because theirs were the first voices I ever heard in my, my life when I emerged on the scene. Theirs were the voices that shaped me as I grew from a baby to a toddler to a child to a teenage model. I'm just kidding. That wasn't the case either, but they spoke into my life. I knew their voice no matter what the situation was. And that's what we need to acquire in our relationship with God. Get so familiar with our friend, our father, the one who loves us and the one who has gifted us with this thing called life that whenever he speaks, boom, we know. We know it's his voice and not another. We can discern the voice of God amongst all the voices in the world. And then third on your outline this morning, here's what we've got to do. We've got to cut off all of the opposing voices. And this is an action step. Would you write that somewhere? This is an action step. In Numbers chapter 13, in the Old Testament, we see a tragic account of the 12 spies of Israel. You know, God has already brought the Israelites out of Egyptian captivity. He's leading them on their journey to the promised land, the land of Canaan, which he had told them was going to be theirs. The land is flowing with milk and honey and all the great blessings of God that he had for his children. And they're on the way, and they go through the sea, and the seas part, and, and, and God works miracle with, with bringing water out of the rock, and so on and so forth, and all these things that happened to them. And they finally arrive there at the border of the promised land. These millions of people, these families, they're on the border ready to go in. But something strange happens. Instead of, instead of them just going in and taking possession as God had told them, for some reason they got a little scared. Some of them did, not all of them. And when they started getting a little fear in them, they, they, they decided on a plan. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to elect one man from each of the 12 tribes of Israel. And we're going to send those 12 spies into the land to check it out. Moses, the great leader, agreed with this plan. You guys go in and scout it. And that was really what the purpose was supposed to be, to scout it out and check out how things were and strategy for going in and setting up shop and taking it over and all that stuff. But the Bible records here that when those 12 spies went in, how many of them came back out with something different to say? And the other 10 came back out and began to report what they saw. They said, we were as grasshoppers in the sight of those who inhabit this place called Canaan. They are giants. There are giants in the land. And there is no way that we could go in and defeat them and take this place. I don't care what anybody has told us. I don't care if God himself said, this is yours. We cannot do it. You ever notice when a few people have some bad things to say, it can affect a whole multitude of people? A few people like CNN or, you know, I'm just, I'm throwing just stuff out there. Just whoop. Ten of them came back with a negative report, the Bible tells us. Joshua and Caleb had a different report. These were men of God. These were men of valor. These were men who knew that whatever God said, look at me, church, that God would do just that. They knew that God already promised them the land. They said, this is yours. And so when they hear this, man, their hearts are troubled. And I'm just going to tell you what, what my version is. They're really ticked off. I mean, they are upset. And one of my favorite all-time Bible verses is Numbers chapter 13, verse 30. 
you will, just write that down. Write it on your arm. Write it on your hand. Get it tattooed on your, your body somewhere. I'm just kidding. See, upset the baby. Sorry, little guy. It was just a joke. You'll get my humor in a few years. We love you. You're awesome. Okay, Numbers 13.30 says this. Amidst all of this chaos that's going on, amidst this bad report from these 10 spies, amidst the whole multitude, millions of people getting upset and grumbling and complaining, and their chief complaint was, way to go, Moses, you brought us here to die in this wilderness. Thanks a lot, pal. We were better off in where? <laughs> Wrong. But that's what they said. We're better off in Egypt, but they were not. And so they're getting all upset and getting all flustered and getting just thrown in the towel. We're going to quit. It's over with. This was a wasted time. But I love what happened here. Because in Numbers 13, verse 30, here's what it says. But Caleb quieted the crowd. You need to write that down. He quieted the crowd. One version says he silenced the people before Moses. And he said these words. I can just see this. And one of these days, I'm going to get this replay when we get to heaven. Don't you picture things like that? When you get to heaven, you want to see the seas parting. You want to see it on video? Well, they won't even have video in heaven. It's all, what, streaming or what? I don't know. It's probably beyond anything we've got here. But I want to see this. I want to see Caleb standing up and silencing the people. And I want to hear him say firsthand, let us go up at once and take possession of it, for we are well able to go in and take it. Listen, guys, you're going to have some opposing voices. You're going to have opposing voices hitting you in the face right this minute. Because some of you are sitting there thinking, man, who's this crazy guy up there in his new flannel shirt? Because it's kind of getting cold out there. Who's this guy up there acting like an idiot? Telling me about stories from thousands of years ago, thinking it's going to do something in my life. Well, I am sent here by God to deliver this message to you that sometimes when those voices come, or all the time when an opposing voice comes, you got to rise up and you got to say, shut your mouth and get behind me. And if you don't, then you allow them to rent space in your head and you allow them to move into your life and you allow them to crush the spirit that God has put in you. Sadly, the ten won out. The people cowered. Moses relented. And the Bible says that that generation that was supposed to be the first generation to go in and enjoy the promised land wandered around the wilderness for 40 years doing nothing. And then the grand finale, look at me, they died. I don't know about you, but I don't want to die knowing I missed out on the promised life that God spoke over me. Those voices are going to come, and they're going to be contrary to everything that God is speaking to your life. You've got to rise up just like Caleb did and say, shut your mouth and get behind me. Listen, the fourth thing that we've got to do in the how of hearing God's voice is to learn the modes of communication that he uses. Just like today, we have probably 50 different ways we can com communicate with people. And that wasn't 
any research done there. I just pulled that number out of the air, okay? So for those of you that want to go back and look today and say, man, he's crazy. It wasn't any more close. I'm just guessing. I mean, back 150 years ago, we had the, the telegraph, right? Had carrier pigeons. Had smoke signals. Oh, my BFF's trying to get a hold of me. Poof, poof, poof. Right back at you. Love you. And then the telephone was invented and everything just whoop went down. No, I'm just kidding. So many ways that we speak to one another. How many of you husbands write little notes to your wives and leave them all over the house? Don't raise your hand. I don't want you to make me look bad. It's been a while, babe. Sorry. I'll do better. How many of you have a phone conversation with somebody at least once a month? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> like once an hour? You're like, yeah. My kids, when texting got really popular, my older kids, that's all they would do. And me and my big old fingers are trying to text back and getting all kind of words wrong and everything. And then I tried that talk to text. Let me caution you there. Okay, I don't even have to caution you. You know what I'm going to say. But when they called me, something wasn't right. I mean, it was an emergency. So, so many ways. Listen, there are a lot of ways that God communicates with us today. Kind of in rapid fire, I want to go through these as we head towards a conclusion. And, and we've got to get used to all of these. First and foremost, he speaks to us through his word. It is the primary and the baseline for everything of God's communication to us. It is the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. His incredible love letter is our daily bread. God speaks to us through the pages of this beautiful letter to us. Next, he speaks to us through his Holy Spirit. The third person of the Godhead Trinity came to us in the fullness when Jesus ascended back to heaven, and he came to fill us and teach us and lead us and guide us into all truth, and he communicates to us the things of God for our daily lives. Another one is through the prophets of old and through the prophets today. Prophecy is still a gift of today that the Lord uses. It's found in the Ages of, of the giftings of the Spirit that, that God gives some to be apostles and prophets. Another one is through his preachers and his teachers. Listen to me, church. When I came to Christ, I started taking notes and digging in at every service I went to. Everyone, I have Bibles. Look at me. I have Bibles full of notes. I've got notes in this Bible because I wanted to take advantage of everything God was saying through every pastor, every youth pastor, every teacher that I, you can go back to my house in my boxes, in my storage, in my office, and you can find old Bibles that are just full of this, just full of notes. Some of them are on these fancy things. You know, we started giving you notes, uh, places to take notes years ago. And I love that. But some of them are just on scrap paper. Whatever I could find. I've got notes written on bubblegum wrappers, church. Why? Because three of the most important words in the English language are write it down. Something happens when we take the time to write something down with our own hand, with our own pen or pencil, on our own paper. It's magical how that stuff just gets in us better. We're 30-some years out from me being in youth group at First Assembly of God in Gastonia when Kenny Price was my youth pastor. But I can tell you something. One glorious night, he came in there and spoke to us on a Naboth's no. Naboth, who owned a vineyard in the Old Testament, and one of his old, wise, wicked kings wanted to come and take it from him. And Naboth stood his ground and said, no, 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 forget it. 
Why? Because I wrote that down. I, I, I pinned the words down on paper and I kept those notes. I remember him preaching one time a message called Run to the Battle. How David didn't just sit back and let Goliath come to him. No, he got aggressive and he grabbed that sling and he got those stones together and he went running out towards Goliath and he took him down. Because I remember in 1984 when Kenny Price taught us that in youth group on a Wednesday night and I wrote it down. I'm going to tell you something. You come to church expecting. You come to church wanting to grow. You're going to be, want to be as close as you can. You want to grab your, your notes and you want to have an extra notebook. You want to have a pen or pencil. You want to have your Bible and you want to take notes and you want to write down. You're going to have a journal. You're going to dig in, man, and you're going to listen with everything you've got. You're not going to be distracted. You're not going to be piddling around in the foyer or playing around outside. You're going to be in the house of God. You're going to be here together with the family of God, digging in and hearing what thus saith the Lord through his preachers and his teachers. Bottom line. And when we show up like that, then we grow up. But you got to show up to grow up. I remember... When I first became a youth pastor, doggone Greg Johnson was our national youth director. He come out with this message called, turn your bedroom into a Bible college. He told us how we could get down to business with God and turn off all those electronics and just dial into the word and just seek God and learn from the pages of scripture and get on our faces and pray and grow up in the Lord. Become strong and mighty men and women of God. And I'm going to tell you, I ate that up like biscuits and gravy. That's some good stuff. God speaks through his preachers and his teachers. But we always have to be careful because as the Lord has said himself, there are false teachers and false prophets, false preachers that will come along trying to lead you the wrong way. So always test everything to what? The word of God. God speaks to us through his people. I can't tell you how many times brothers and sisters in Christ have come and just shared something. Just said, Lord, put a word on my heart for you. Don't be discouraged. A new season is coming. I remember that word coming from a precious, precious brother years ago. I remember brothers coming to me in the past and saying, hey, God's not through with you yet. I see greater things ahead. Don't throw in the towel. Don't give up. Listen, folks, God speaks through us to each other. So whenever God just starts rumbling something in your spirit for another brother or sister, don't think, well, that's just last night's pizza. It's just not, not sitting well with me. Something's going on. No. Trust the Lord. Confirm it with him and go out and share it with those that God's put on your heart. The Bible tells us as iron sharpens iron, we can speak the words of God to and over one another. God speaks to us through his wonderful, beautiful creation. I mean, you just can't help to walk outside on a clear night. I used to walk out at my granny's house, and man, I'd love to go back one more time. We'd be having Christmas Eve at granny's house, a little four-room mill house. Just nothing, just some planks, some old, I mean, the flooring had been there for 95 years, I think, some old linoleum. You couldn't get it up if you had a, had a, a bomb to blow it off there. Old, old furnace in the, in the one little living room. Christmas Eve, family gathered, because that's what it's all about, laughing, loving, being together. And I remember every Christmas Eve, be good and dark, because you know, now it gets dark at like 3.30 in the afternoon, I hate winter, 
If I told you I hate winter, I went out the other morning. The windshield of my truck was just iced over. And I just stopped and I said, nobody was around. I said, I hate winter. I just hate it. Summertime, you bounce out there with a short sleeve shirt on. You jump in the vehicle, man. You crank it and you just go. I didn't have an ice scraper. <laughs> you don't know what this is, but I actually have some CD cases in my truck. So I grabbed one out and I'm just standing on my, my step bar up there going, I hate winter. I go out in my granny's backyard. Clear night. Looked like you could see all the way to heaven. The stars, man, just seemed brighter. And I remember just tears streaming down my face saying, Jesus, you did all of this for us. The Bible says that heaven and earth declare the glories of our God. The display is amazing. How many of you have ever been to the Grand Canyon? Raise your hands up high. You, you stood on the edge and looked out at that thing, and you've thought, wow, it's amazing. A big bang can create all. No, you didn't think that. You thought, how stupid that could be. Look at God. You're up in the mountains of, of North Carolina, God's country. And you're looking over the peaks and the horizons and you see everything that's stretched out for as far as the eye can see. Where, where earth meets heaven, distant in the horizon. And you say to yourself, look at God. Hear what he's saying. I made all of this. I love the beach. I love going down to the coast. Amen. I love it where it never gets cold. Amen. <laughs> and I'm amazed every time at how that water comes to certain points. And stops. And we can live on dry land, but we can enjoy the sea and, and the tides, they change. And the heavens declare the wonders of our God. God speaks through that still, small voice, the whisper of God. And here's what I love about the whisper of God. If you'll go back, and, and we talked about Elijah last, last week and God bringing that word to him and his, his time of discouragement hiding out in the cave and all the stuff happened, the wind, the fire, the, the rumblings, everything took place while he was in that cave as God was getting his attention. And then when all that settled down, the Bible says that God spoke to him in what? A still, small voice. You know what happens when we whisper to somebody? They can't really hear it that good, so they have to go, what was that? When God whispers, we lean into him. And I just believe, thank you, buddy, appreciate that. I just believe that he embraces us, and he speaks into our hearts and into our lives. And I'm, guess what? You'll never know better times this side of heaven than when God pulls you close, whispers to you, and holds you in his embrace. God speaks in a still, small voice at times. And sometimes he speaks through angels, right? Whoa, come on now, Pastor. I'm tracking with you pretty good, but you know, this is, this is 2019. What are you talking about angels? I mean, get, right? I mean, you know, I know angels showed up in the Bible all, all the time. And, you know, they were there announcing the birth of Jesus. Gee, behold, a Savior's coming. I, I understand now they showed up to the, to the shepherds on the hillside. I mean, I understand they showed up when he, when he raised from the dead on the third day. And, and the women went, and they were all sad. And there was an angel on the tomb. And he was like, why are you looking for the living amongst the dead? I know that. But come on, man. 
Bible tells us to be careful at times because we may be entertaining angels unaware. And you can mark this down. That's for right now. God, God don't put himself in a box. We put him in a box. If God chooses to have an angel come and visit you, guess what? You're getting an angel coming to visit you. And everything the angel will say to you is going to line up with this. And that's how you'll know. He speaks to us through prayer. It's not just a one-sided conversation where we pour out all our stuff and say, thanks again. It's not confessional at the Catholic Church. Love the Catholic brothers and sisters. Don't get me wrong. But we go to God to speak and to listen. Two-way conversation. And then I believe with all my heart that God speaks to us through divine appointments. And there may be others, but those things that you call coincidence, like, man, it just happened to be at the right place at the right time. And boy, it worked out great. Listen, many times that's God appointments that he set for you. I can't tell you how many times I've went a different direction. I can't tell you how many times that I wasn't going to stop it at Walmart and grab that. I was going to put that off till later, but something just kept pressing. Go now, go now, go now. You got to go now. And I went now. And all of a sudden, as I turned from aisle three to go around the corner to aisle four, boom. There they were. God brought that person across my path that I wasn't going to be there because I had already determined I'm not stopping right now. First of all, who wants to go to Walmart? And second of all, you know, right in the middle of the day, gee, that, no slam to Walmart. I, I go there quite often. But it's not because I always want to. You understand what I'm saying? Those divine appointments that you may think are chance meetings. Listen, God has you at just the right place at just the right time to have that just right encounter with whatever it may It may not always be you speaking in somebody's life. It may be them speaking into your life. Whatever it may be, look at me and listen clearly. God speaks in so many different ways. But lastly on your outline, I want you to know once again, I've said it a couple times, this has got to be the litmus test. Test everything against God's written word because he will never contradict his written word to us, period. I don't care what it is. This is the baseline. And I say to you once again this morning, God is speaking to all of us in so many different ways on a regular basis. But the questions are, do we want to hear from him? Are we intentionally listening for his voice? Are we hungry to hear him? If so, the greatest news there is, you will hear what the Lord says to you. Would you close your eyes for just a moment this morning? And, and I really felt led as I was going through this again to say this at, at this part of our, our time as we wrap things up here shortly. God is saying some things to some of you in this room, many of you in this room, even now. God has been speaking to you and dealing with you with some things through the the body of this, this service through our worship time. Even before I got up here, God can speak through song. It's another way. Or through this message that, that God put on my heart for our church for this, this appointed time. Whatever it is, God is speaking. 
He's just pounding this. He's just over and over, relenting, relentlessly just hitting you with this. This is what he says to you. And I ask you this right now, whatever that is, would you just respond by standing where you're at all across this room, that you hear him, you acknowledge him, and you embrace what he's telling you right now in this holy place? Would you stand? Wherever you're at, just stand up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is your moment. This is your time. Just stand up all across this room. If God is specifically speaking to your heart right now. Some of you just feel like a burning inside of you. Some of you can't shake it. Some of you just hear that, that still small voice of his just whispering that, that thing that he is speaking to you and over you. And right now, it, it might be something he's just declaring over your life. It might be something he's speaking directly to your heart. I don't know what it is. You know what it is. And thank you for responding right now by standing where you're at. I just want to ask, is there any others who will stand up right where you're at and say, you know what? I don't want to miss. I don't want to miss this moment of acknowledging what God is speaking to me. And I'm not going to lead you down any paths of it might be this, it might be that. I'm just keeping it very general. But I'm going to wait just a couple more seconds. There's about 20 of you that are standing to your feet right now. I'm going to wait about 15 more seconds. And if you need to join them, would you stand up? I'm not, I'm not even going to ask you to come down to the front of the church. I don't feel like that's what, what the Lord is speaking to me right now for us. But I, I do have something that I, I feel that God is saying. So about five more seconds. Anybody else, stand up right now and join all these. Thank you. Thank you. Now here's what I'm going to ask. Before anybody opens your eyes, please hear this clearly. There are people in the far left section, in the middle section, back at some of our cafe tables, and in the far right section that are standing to their feet right now. Some may be in front, beside, or behind you. Here's what I want to ask. As we pray this prayer together in just a moment, before we declare one more time in song how amazing our God is, I want to ask that everyone who is still seated, when I say to, if you'll just look up and look around, and you'll see that person, that man, that woman, that young person, that adult, that I feel like God will say them, them, them. And I want you to get up and simply go. And I want you to put an arm around their shoulder, and I want you to stand side by side, or maybe take their hand in yours. And I want you to begin to pray with them and over them that the things that God is speaking to their hearts and lives right now, that every opposing voice would be shut down, that every attack from the enemy would be removed, and that victory would be theirs, and they would grab a hold of that thing that God is speaking to them and over them, and they will run with it, with everything they've got, and not back down. That's what I want to ask of you. It's a big charge. And again, there's people at the cafe tables standing, so don't forget them. People to my right, people to the middle, people to the left. I'm going to say one, two, three. Open your eyes and who you see that God moves you towards. Go now. Now, one, two, three. Open your eyes. Go now. Thank you. You see them standing. You see them standing. Go now. People at the back at the cafe tables, go now. 
people standing and if it gets a little confusing you can raise your hand if you were standing and you need God to to touch you and, and someone to pray with you over these things would you do that now thank you thank you does everyone have somebody praying with them if you would everybody else just stand to your feet if you're not standing now stand up with us right now stand up with us I want some folks to go back and stand with Pastor Terry, the couple there that's in the the back cafe table. Joseph, would you go? Thank you, guys. Pastor Terry, would you come? And I want to ask you to pray over over these folks that, that have stood up because they hear something from God today, something that's gripping their heart, something that's challenging them, pushing them, encouraging them. I don't know what it is, but would you pray? over all these folks that are making a stand today and those that are praying with them. Continue to pray one for another, church. Let us pray. God, as we enter this time together, we just lift you up, God. As we make a bold statement of faith, as we make a bold stand, God, whatever the issues, whatever the sins Whatever the doubts that we have in our lives, God, I just ask that you you deal with them now. Those in this room who are standing up, we are standing up and saying, we will be the difference. And God, we ask that you make the difference. We ask that you come into our lives, to the corners of our lives, the areas that we push to the side, to the back. God, I ask for revival in our hearts. Each and every person you have impressed upon your word today, God, your spirit has been made known and you have been revealed in a great way. We ask for courage to step up. Whatever that calling may be in our lives, whatever issues that you're dealing with, God, we ask that you have your way. God, let us not hesitate another day and another moment before we deal with it. We lay it down at your altar, God. So as we surround ourselves with like-minded and fellow believers, God, we just lift you up and say, God, just be with me. Be with my heart. Give me courage. Give me strength. Whether it be relationship, whether it be financial hardships, whether it be doubt, worry, fear, anxiety, It doesn't matter what it is. Deal with our hearts, God. Work in us and work through us, God. God, we praise you for the work that you are doing. And we know it is only by your hand that we receive exactly what you would desire for us to receive today. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we declare these things because of who you are. As you declare them to us right now, we confirm them in Jesus' name that these are going to be words of life, words of victory, words of hope, and words of help. Thank you for all this, God. 
And, and Lord, we just want to sing out your praise one more time in this house before we leave this place today. So would you position yourself? Would you ready yourself to do that with everything you got as we declare the wonders of our great God again as we worship him together, church? We love you guys. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in to this week's message. For more information, you can go to connectionschurch.church or follow us on Facebook and Instagram.